Hey, this is Fireman Rob. You know, optimal performance isn't something that happens just by accident. I know this for a fact from being a fireman and doing way too many Ironman triathlons and full firefighter gear. But everybody always asks me, what's your secret? I can give you one secret. That's the right stuff, hydration. Hydration is important when it comes to being present in the moment, ready to run into the fires and being capable of showing up every single time at your best. The Right Stuff was created for NASA by NASA for their astronauts. Now it's trusted by professional athletes in Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, and most of the top tier college sports. It's not an accident to prepare yourself to be great. If you're looking for that next edge, go to therightstuff-usa.com and enter the code FIREMANROB and you'll get 10% off at your checkout. This is an opportunity I wouldn't pass up. I have and still do use The Right Stuff. It's serious hydration for serious athletes, from the weekend warriors to those on the front lines. Make this a part of your habits to be the best you daily. Welcome to Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Being a fireman, father, veteran, husband, world record holder, and Ironman, he brings stories of experience to impact your life while challenging you to live it. What do you want from your life? Why do you want it? Are you willing to go through the challenges to get there? If you have the courage to take that first step, let this podcast be the catalyst to start your fire while you bring the resilience to make it continue to burn. Our lives are made up of moments called right nows. So let's get started. Forged in the Fires podcast with your host, Fireman Rob, begins now. We got the same blood, the same blood, stay by your side, it's right or die, we've got the same. All right, welcome back to Forge in the Fires podcast. I'm your host, Fireman Rob. Today, I have a guest that, she's been in the fashion industry for over 25 years. Um, she's got a great uh, story on her first time that she ever made a dress. She has this amazing new company that I'm going to have her tell you more about, but it's Sleek Speed Sustainable Adventure. My guest today is Catherine Wales. Thanks so much for being on here. Hi, Robert. Thank you for having me. Uh, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting to have you on. I, you know, I look at, you know, your blogs are amazing. I The one blog that stood out to me was, life is not like the sketch. Can you take me back to when you started? You've been in the fashion industry for 25 years. Take me back to when that passion started. Well, I think uh, it didn't feel like a passion. Um, I made my first dress when I was nine out of the leftover fabric that my mom had used to make her dress. And I wanted to I wanted to wear what she was wearing, so she helped me oh, sort wow. of make the pattern smaller. Um, and then that's that was my first experience on the sewing machine. But uh, I do like working with my hands, and I just always preferred to look through magazines and find things that I wanted to wear and don't find my fabric, and I was always making my own clothes for going out at night. And I just thought it was a hobby I just thought it was, you know, part of, just part of life, really. And, right. you know, I always thought I'd maybe be an architect. I loved technical drawing at school. Um, I loved buildings. And uh, I just 
by default landed just kept going with with my hobby and and it just stuck with me and so it's 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 just a part of who of who i am i guess yeah what was it what was the what was the meaning behind like what did it feel like when you created your own product like you wanted to take you wanted to go out and something that you made what was that what was that feeling like to be able to use your own hands to create something new that nobody else had it was fun it was unique it was it just it just felt more personal it just felt more me and i just i've never liked going shopping because you know trying on clothes that don't fit or getting multiple sizes it just seemed like a waste of time and you know somewhat frustrating because you can imagine what it's going to look like on you and then you put it on and you're like this is nothing what i imagined it to be like <laughs> It's, it's so true. And, you know, I love, I love that blog that was written that, and I had mentioned it in the intro of life is not like the sketch. Uh, talk to me more about that because I think it's so powerful what, you know, obviously as a fashion designer, you have to start with something and then sometimes that's not what actually is created. How does that process go in your mind? Right. Well, I work with a lot of in the in the corporate industry. I've worked with a lot of designers, and my background uh, it started out in in tailoring. And so, doing the patterns and working with your designer, you know, you need to sort of understand where they're trying to where they're trying to go. You know, a little bit of you know, things that they care about in the in the final creation. And every now and again, you'll get someone quite young or someone who doesn't want to put the too much of the effort in and they'll hand you a sketch and you'll create this item and then you'll fit it on a model and then usually you would go through the process of having this like discussion hands-on about where the, the vision is and where you want to go and every now and again you'll get this person who'll say just make it like the sketch. And <laughs> you now, love those people. It, you just, <laughs> just always like this, like I don't really know which angle I should use to respond to this. And do I have time? Do we have that much time to start this discussion? Because the sketch itself is, is you know, they're using eight heads instead of seven or not. You know, the, the, the actual sketch is right. not proportionately right to the human body. You know, it's intentionally like that in fashion sketching. So there's just, you, there's a, you, right from the get-go, it's like you can't even, you can't, right? You can't make it like a sketch ever. Right. You have to just understand what the vision is, and this is giving you a nice sort of like feel and emotion as to where you want to go with it. But then it's also, well, there's another angle. It's like, well, what is like the sketch? You know, I grew right. up and I thought I was going to be like this, but it turns out mm, it's like this. Or, <laughs> you know, I was going <laughs> to ride on my white stallion through the forest to the church to get married and puncture these balloons of confetti that would just fall down everywhere on everyone. But it didn't happen, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but still, there's a possibility. There's still you never a possibility. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe keep sketching, right? Just keep up. Uh, yeah, I I love that because you know you talked about when you were a child and you and you grew up in Zimbabwe. How did you know? And now now you're you know this fashion designer. 
how does that even happen? Because it's not something that's kind of prevalent. There's no real fashion schools in Zimbabwe. Right? I, <laughs> I mean, not that they don't have good style. I'm just saying I've never heard of one. <laughs> well, I think we're just lucky that we actually got the, you know, Vogue magazine because otherwise we wouldn't have had a clue. Right. Um, and, you know, you could go to like, do you want to wear your shoes to school? Um Right. So it's really, it is very different, but, you know, it is a very creative environment, um, you know, really in touch with, with nature, with people, with, you know, music and sounds and animals. You know, I feel like there's a lot of resilience to anyone who resides in, a, in, in Africa. Um, but when, did you, when did you leave Africa? I was 23. Wow. Okay. And I went to London and I, so, well, you know, there's, there were a lot of, there's always political trauma going on, but there was a right. particular time and I sort of made a, an instant decision to leave. And, you know, my brothers had left. My oldest brother was in Beijing. The other brother was in London. And my friends were leaving. And, um, and I just thought, you know what? I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stay to figure out how this works out. And two weeks later, um, I was on a plane and I was leaving to go to London, you know, and I'm not even sure I had the right clothing and I was heading into winter with a suitcase. <laughs> my, the car that I was driving that my, which was my dad's, um, he said I could sell it and use the money. I used my savings. Wow. And then after buying the ticket, my aunt also gave me a hundred pounds, and I I landed with three hundred pounds in my pocket. Three three hundred pounds in your pocket. Freezing, and by the time I got to my destination, I had two hundred and sixty. Wow. Yeah. So here you are in London, having come from Zimbabwe, <laughs> with two hundred and sixty pounds in your pocket. What is what are you thinking? What what is the next step that you are ready to do? Uh, uh, make some money and get a meal. <laughs> <laughs> Besides the obvious, right? <laughs> and so I was just you know, there, like I felt like there was no other option. It's like you just got to you got to do or die. You've got to make this work. Like you just got to figure it out. And um, so I just started writing my my cv my resume um and i sent it out to i think 80 companies and i got i think three responses and i think right at the you know at the beginning it was just like well you know we can give you work but we can't pay you and i was like but that's great but I'm still trying to make that money to get that meal, right? Right. Um, and that wasn't working. I, and I called an, an agency. It was called Men's Wear, Women's Wear from a payphone. And I was like, hey, you know, I've got this experience. And, well, you know, I've got this qualification or whatever, which wasn't, which wasn't very much, just a higher national diploma. Right. And, you know, the guy said to me, he said, we've got enough of our own students looking for work. I think you should go back where you came from. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What did, what did you feel at that time? What, what did that make you feel? Do you feel? know what? I think I was probably about to go back until he said that to me. And I was oh. like, well, no. 
that's yeah if you think this i'm not going to do this <laughs> <laughs> tell me what... i don't like people telling me what to do you just told me what to do now i know now i know what i'm gonna do um, he drew the sketch and you're going to make the design and it's not going to be anything <laughs> like the sketch, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I put my, I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't put my, I didn't have to pay for all of my college, um, but I was making my money for myself to spend by working for Estee Lauder whilst okay. I was in Zimbabwe. And uh, so they, they would give you like this passport to go and, and, you know, work in another country for them. Oh, wow. Okay. And so there was that option. So I was also looking into that. And then just by chance, I don't know how it happened. It was like, literally, and this is, this is like a trend in my life. You, get, you, you go left or you go right, and it happens at exactly the same time, and you just have to choose. And so Harrods, Estee Lauder, said, come for an interview on this day. And another company, uh, which was an agency that was very keen to come and talk to me for a job at Yves Saint Laurent, said, come on the stand. It was exactly the same day. Oh, wow. And, you know, it just had been so tough trying to get into the fashion. I, and I felt like one of these is going to work out, but I feel like it has, it's, it's one will and one won't, and I don't know which one to choose because I, I need it to work out. And I remember calling my mom and my mom said, I think you should go for the one at Harrods because they're working behind the counter. You're going to meet a nice, wealthy man who's going to take care of you. That had to go over well with you. I can and only I imagine. Like, that is, my mom is just so, so loving. But she also, I think she, you know, she just always wanted that for me, you know, someone to look after me. And I was like, I was like, hmm. Put the phone on. I was like, that just really doesn't sound great. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with the other one. <laughs> sorry seems like to disappoint you, went you again, mom. So I'm so sorry to disappoint you again. But so, and I did. Um, and, you know, I did, I did get it. So that was, and that was, and that was the start of that. And I was, you know, the, the, the man I was reporting into, Christian Littian, he was from Sweden and he knew a lot and he taught me everything he knew and he took me under his wing and he treated me like his, you know, like, like a daughter and I'm just forever wow. grateful for that. It's, um, it's amazing to have leaders like that who understand that they're, they're not there to be leaders of subordinates, but they're there to be leaders of future leaders. Yeah. And speaking of taking a left or right, then you, you know, where you are now, you took almost a, a hard left with a motorcycle. <laughs> to get on a motorcycle? You like that? You like that? Yeah. Um, tell me more about your company. I'm going to massacre the name because I'm just a fireman. Um, so I'm going to have you say it, but you created this company and created something that you saw was very necessary and something that was different, like unique to just like you were when you were younger and wanting and wanted to make, you know, clothes that were unique. You've done that. And now you're at a different level than you ever probably thought you could be at. Tell me more about your company now. So Atelier Volant, the name, 
uh, was born whilst I was riding my motorcycle from a friend upstate down back into New York. And I literally was bombing it back because I needed to pick up my bag and get on a flight to go to India to work with some factories. And I was like, this, I kind of like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> you know, it's, like I'm a, it's like I'm a flying tailor. And, you know, and I was also learning to fly at the same time as well. So, you know, all these ex experiences that were going on. And I was like, I quite like that, you know, that I, I can be someone who makes clothes and still sort of ride a motorcycle and just fly around, you know, helping, helping develop productive factories. And I was like, but it just, it doesn't sound so great in English. <laughs> and I was like, well, what could I translate? And I just, I just, I think French is just so poetic. And I was like, I yeah. really like that atelier a lot because atelier, you know, atelier is tailoring, but atelier is workshop. Oh, okay. Like, oh, that sounds even better. And Volante's flying and that's connecting to, you know, I was going through this whole new experience of learning how to fly. And so, and that was just teaching me so much about myself. And I thought, well, that just rounds it up quite nicely. And I like AV. Yes. I like those two names. And when I, when I do talk about the product to people, I, you know, or the company, I do, I say AV. Okay. Um, talk more about the product because I think it's so cool what you've done and and where you're going with it yeah so you know I started to learn to ride and you know after having poured my heart out on the project before which was project DNA which really sort of taught me about you know expression and you know just being yourself because I never thought I could be I just never associated myself as being an artist and huh. the guy that I was with at the time was like, artists are a waste of space. I don't understand why you're doing this. But basically, I put myself through my master's degree by doing this this project DNA, this work, which blew my mind because it, it just went global. And I was like, okay, so you're not just, you know, you're, really, you're learning to express yourself and you're actually growing and learning and understanding yourself better and your own capabilities by just like letting go. And then so then I started to learn how to ride a motorcycle and I was using it to get to work and get around, but then I was wearing this like this space suit, <laughs> and you know, guys would be like, think that I was a guy or something. I'm like, do you know how curvy I am? And like, I don't know how you get this wrong. <laughs> something has to change. This is kind of not okay. And I had short hair at the time as well, and I was like, okay, I just I don't feel myself. I'm really enjoying this experience, but I don't feel myself I don't want to and I don't want to turn up to work in this outfit and I don't want to have to carry a bag with a change of clothes because that's like going that's why I don't like going shopping because this whole changing all the time right it's like but you know I should I like I should at least do this for myself right you know and and what did that mean and and I was like but you know I'm sure I'm not the only one and so and then I also like how do I make it different how do I make it modular? Like Project DNA was also about being able to change, be flexible. Like one thing has multiple functions with a multiple join. And it's like I want that sort of to come into the into our clothing, into what in the concept of it. Is that right. you know you've got a pair of yoga pants because you might want to be just hop on your bike or your scooter or your electric something and go up to the gym and do and do your yoga. 
but you don't want to have to like carry an extra outfit and you've you know you have these removable pads but it also works as as a base layer you, you know i've got people who wear them to go skiing you know under their ski pads or oh. they go for a run because there's a reflective part on it and it's like taking this concept and really putting it into as much of each product that we you know that we design and that we put out there and but but you know that's also well, how can we be more how can we give more and so i started to work with some scientists in port in Portugal, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, you know, to come up with uh, this beautiful raw product, you know, that they had already started to create, but then you know, we'd start to work work with it more for for AV, and right. you know, now we can now we're getting this raw product that we can literally turn into anything that we want. Wow. We can shape it and mold it. We can. So if you want a personalized something on your elbow or your shoulder or your back or your chest, especially if you're a woman and you don't want it to just be this flat, hard thing that is only for guys, you know, we can really, we can do that. And wow. we can also just make standard pads that just go in and out that you can swap between your clothes. So we're trying to do, you know, this like personalization in a, but in a, in a, manufactured way because obviously quantities make a difference right. um and also you know we want to be able to provide for a lot more people than just like five right um so just no, so not only do it in the clothing and the design and the construction of the clothing but also in the impact material itself that's um, that's amazing i love that on your website it says experience freedom of fashion and self-expression that's Really what, you know, it's almost interesting that you, your transition from when you're younger to now, you've always been that statement, <laughs> in essence. I, I guess, and, and I suppose, and it was not, it's, it's not conscious, you know. It's right, not... it's, uh, yeah, yeah, I, lo I love that. And I think it's, it's such an amazing uh, story that you've put out there and, and also at the same time that you're still living that story that give individuals, what would you say to uh, the people that have been kind of in those same situations as you who have had those phone calls where somebody says, Hey, maybe go back to where you're from. What does it take? What, what are like two things that you could say that it takes to tell that person? Yeah. Just watch me. Um. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you want that sort of part of you to be evident in, in every day of your life because it might make some relationships difficult. Of <laughs> not doing it's okay, though. Tell you. But I will say, I mean, I spoke to my dad on the phone and, he, you know, he kind of, because it was, it was tough, you know, it was, it was really tough. And um, I was like, you know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure I can do this. I'm not, and I don't know if it was before the call or after the call, probably before the call. And, you know, and he was like, Kath, usually at this point, what you're trying to grasp is around the corner. It, it doesn't feel like it, but it is. And you need to just keep going. That's some good advice. And I remember that all the time. It's, it's like when you get to that point and you're like, oh my God, really, really doesn't feel like, I think I've made a bad decision. <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and it's like... As you get to that point, what you're reaching for is usually just around the corner. I love that. 
I love that. Well, you know, I, I appreciate your time today. I always end with the same three questions. So are you are you ready for them? <laughs> no, because I don't know what they are. <laughs> That's the best part. I don't like to tell anybody. So it just, it makes it more, you know, like uh, just stressful. I love that. <laughs> All right, here's the first one. It's, it's pretty easy. So if you could go back and tell your 18-year-old self something, what would it be? <sighs> A tough one, I know. Stop, stop being afraid of yourself. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. And especially with your story, how it is, that, that totally makes sense. All right, you ready for the second question? Yeah. <laughs> All right, here it comes. Similar to what we talked about before, but a lot of people are going through challenges and struggles, and, and it's just one of those things that people are always looking for good ways or good habits to have. What would be two habits that you could say these would be great things to do daily to start moving forward in your life? Change is inevitable. Don't fight it. Go with it like like the river, like the ocean. Um, find opportunity in change. And take care of your, your health, both your body and your mind. There we go. There you go. And this last one is fun. This is going to stump you. All right. So if you could have coffee with three people. No. Easter alive. <laughs> here it is. At a firehouse table. So nothing is off the table. You can ask them anything. Conversations, deep diving conversations. Who would they be and why? You Nelson Mandela. Oh, that's a good one. Because he's just... Frigging an amazing man. Like who yes. who has such wonderful self-control and emotional like clarity and understanding to be from one position to another position and want to help everybody, not just some people, yes. people that he thinks deserves help, but everybody for the benefit of the country. Um, Coco Starting Chanel. Off a good one. What's the next one? Coco Chanel. Okay. Because she was just a badass in her day, you know. She came yeah. back from way back when, and she was like, I'm going to do this. I'm like, social norms, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Doesn't sound like anybody I know. <laughs> <laughs> and Amelia Earhart. Ooh, gosh, you got some good ones. I just, she's like, damn, girl, she was, yeah. She just said, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Lou that plane. And she's like... I got to do something and I got to, I just got to do it. I love it. Well, Catherine, it's been a pleasure talking with you and I appreciate you coming on today. Robert, thank you so much for being my host. Oh, thank you. And thanks for listening today. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening and supporting the Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Remember, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast and please share this episode with a friend or family. To find out more about Fireman Rob or reach out about a question, go to www.firemanrob.com. Until next time, live your life forged in the fires.